Episode 47, Poet Candace Kelsey. My name is Michael Delgado, and I'm your host. I come to you each week from the luxurious library bar in the magnificent Mayfair Hotel right here in downtown L.A. My appointment is dressed sensibly. Her long hair frames large glasses. She carries a backpack. It's the endearing no-nonsense uniform of an English teacher just out of the classroom. I think about how looks deceive. It's time to meet. You know Geiger's bookstore across the street? I think I may have passed You know Geiger by sight? Geiger's in his early 40s, medium height, fattish, soft all over, Charlie Chan mustache, well-dressed, wears a black hat, affects the knowledge of antiques and hasn't any. And, oh, yes, I think his left eye is glass. Hello. 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 My guest tonight is the poet and author Candace Kelsey. Kelsey's first book explored adolescent identity in the age of social media and was recognized as an Amazon.com top 10 parenting book in 2007. Since then, her poetry has appeared in Poet Lore, the Cortland Review, and many other journals. A finalist for Poetry Quarterly's Rebecca Lard Award, Candace was also nominated for a 2019 Pushcart Prize. Candace is here to talk about the launch of her first collection of poetry that's out this week on Finishing Line Press. In intense and clear vignettes with structural allusions to classic literature, Kelsey mines the depths of her life as a daughter and a mother, and by association, our own childhood experiences and adult self-consciousness. It's a powerful debut. Please welcome Candace Kelsey. So, that's good. I will say, welcome, Candace Kelsey. Thank you. Yeah. So had you been in the hotel before? You hadn't. You I have been. not. I have yeah. driven by it mm-hmm. and always made a point. I need to go there. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you for making that happen. Yeah. No, no, no. It's a nice hotel. They are a sponsor. That's why I always start that way. Fantastic. I'll definitely be back for the Vouvray. Was that the one? Oh, yes. The yes. Vouvray. The Vouvray. Is that the house wine? I think it is. Ah, very nice. Um, so anyway, thank you for coming. Um, I was able to, or, or we're here to talk about your new book, your forthcoming book. And this is your first book, uh, or you know, not your first poems or whatever, but sure. first compilation, correct? It's the first collection of poems. I did write a nonfiction book back in 07. That was more of a parenting guide type of, oh, uh, really? yeah, I had, I had collected all this research on this new crazy, I'm sure you've never heard of it, growing phenomenon of social media um, (laughs) back in 06, 07, uh, and I was teaching at the time and just observing how it was affecting my students, and so uh, I just looked into it. How did you incorporate the social media, or do you do do now? Allow it in the classroom or no? Yeah, there's no avoiding it. I mean, we're making TikToks about Moby Dick. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. So it it does make things more fun in the classroom. In terms of a parenting issue, that's a whole other thing. Um, My sister teaches at Loyola High School. Oh, okay. And she, I was asking her about it. She said similarly, you yeah. can't avoid it. You got to incorporate it. You got to embrace it. it. And yeah. yeah, it's just part of you know making everything a little relevant for them. Yeah. But anyway, so I wrote a book back then about that, um, and then I started writing poetry about three years ago. Um, and then, yeah, this is the first collection of poems. Ah, great! And it's on Finishing Line Press. Press. Correct. And they're out of here. I believe they're in Kentucky. Oh my God. 
I know. I have got to do more homework. No worries. I mean, it's a, it's an independent. And how did well. the, how did they find you, or you find them? So um, part of the the poetry game is um, submitting, and so I mm. use a site called submittable.com, oh. um, and they were uh, accepting submissions for chat books and, and so for full length manuscripts. Really? So I submitted, wow. and um, they bit. So nice. I said, let's do this. And so that was a good experience for you, the, the uh, online part? It was. It was really exciting. I was actually on a bus with my students up in Ojai for a yeah. camping trip, and we're flying down the um, back roads after hiking, and I got the email on my phone, and all the students were screaming and yelling uh, and hugging me, and uh, it was really kind of an exciting That's cool. thing to get. Yeah. Well, oh, is beautiful. I was just there on Friday. Were you? Mm. Yeah, so gorgeous. Yeah, it really is pretty. Yeah. And so, okay, so the, the collection mm -hmm. is, uh, since you, you, there's a segue from the parenting part, right? Sure, to, yeah. Because the poems address, not parenting per se, mm, yeah. or do they? Or? Uh, yeah, I mean, essentially, I guess you could categorize it like that, not so much in terms of how to parent, how not to parent, but what it means to sort through your childhood. Ah. How those impressions have shaped, shaped you as an, as an artist, as a writer, um, and working through that in order to um, really to take something that maybe was painful or at times violent or at times dysfunctional and, and craft that into something that is um, your own and also something that is beautiful. So really that's my approach when I write poetry is to take something that is initially very jarring or very upsetting or very um, negative in some way uh, and, and reshape it into something that's its own, that's beautiful, that, re that reimagines language into something like a poem. Mm. Mm. That's, and so did you workshop all this or did you just, how did you get from novelist to poetry? <laughs> um, I did workshop it. So at first it was, you know, 20 or so poems just sitting under my bed, taunting <laughs> me at night sure. um, that, you know, I look back at now and I think, oh, goodness, we should have just left those there. Um, <laughs> to I uh, found a couple friends, um, some fr old friends from, from growing up in Cincinnati who were excited to help me out and were a sounding board, hmm. gave me some insight. Um, and actually encouraged me to get into the game a little bit. Um, and at that point, I was going through a pretty traumatic situation in my personal life, and I thought, what the heck, let's just do it. So I started to rework a handful of them um, and sent them out. And I, and I had one published, and it was, um, it, was a, it was a really strange but magical feeling. You know, sure. I know that's so cliche, but um, there's this sense of, um, okay, and this is what I try to teach my students too, you know, to find your voice and to write and all of that, yeah, yeah, yeah. But what, what really was beautiful is that you become, you don't become this body that's not good enough for this, um, you know, this report card or this resume that doesn't measure up or doesn't compare. You become this sort of disembodied voice that some person you've never met says, I like this and I want to share it with the world. Mm -hmm. And it's, so it's, it's really quite a, a magical experience. So then I was hooked. So then I thought, all right, this is, you know, yeah. this is it. And, and, and I, I will say as a child, I was that kid who always wrote poems and my brothers, when they needed them for high school, I would write them for them and they would get A's. And, you know, I totally admit that I was part of that, you know, cheating scandal. But 
Um, so, you know, I think it's a coming back to what I was drawn to as a child and sort of got pushed down in the mad race of growing up, sure, you know? Sure, sure. Yeah. Oh, that's great. How about the title poem? Did you want to read the title yeah. poem? Yeah. The title poem, I think, is important. And why Thank don't you. you give the title while... Um, so the title is Still I Am Pushing. And the, the... I mean, should I talk about the title a little bit? Yeah. Do okay. Right, yeah. So, I mean, this concept of still excuse me, and then pushing. So I'm trying to play with, you know, the static still and then the pushing, this action. So um, I see sort of my life, and, and hopefully others can relate to this, because that's the point really, um, is that, you know, we really can be stuck in stillness and we, we, or we can be stuck in the action and the pushing, but there has to be some balance between taking time to be still while also pushing out of something or into something. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I just... Was, I, when I read it, I thought about childbirth. Thank you. So that's the other, oh. for sure, yeah. Um, so for sure, the, the childbirth um, absolutely is huge, and the title poem addresses birth... Um, in a way, um, but it's me. It's my pushing the pen. Um, it's my pushing out of maybe um, roles that were forced upon me as a child. Definitely, it's a it's a conversation and a, a sort of reckoning with my mother and an understanding of who she is and who I am as a mother. It's hopefully a finding of compassion and a you know it's not just a complete you know rant against. My mother, but definitely it's 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 born of conversations with my mother and and how that shaped me. So this is the title poem. Still, I'm pushing. Um, and the disclaimer here is just I don't know if you're aware of this, but for many years a white coat, a white fur coat for um, a boxer puppy, the dog the dog breed boxers, um, was a death sentence. So breeders would routine, routinely drown any white boxer puppies that were born. Right. Um, back for the you know back in like the 70s mid 70s for that breed it was considered um, you know like a, um, a a mark against the sire the dog sure okay so uh, still I am pushing snow tubing this winter's day San Bernardino National Forest clouds and pine combine high elevation calico called snowdrift hills like white boxer puppies a sun like Sol Invictus at St. Peter's. My son's nose, cold and red, a tiny Japanese flag, perfect drop of blood on a white sheet, mocking compass in the corner of a map, Chinese flag with its gold star like a mother whose four little stars fan out to nurse each nipple a pennant crimson. Red as that call button on the wall of my parents' bed. For an emergency, the police call button I should have pushed the moment I knew what my mother knew all along. White puppies will be drowned. Because always, even now, I push, I push, and still I am pushing my finger even as I speed down a hill, snow tubing over patterned continents, white pages like bruised ice, sudden hematoma of memory. Forty years later, I listen for sirens that never come. Yeah, oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. I like the way it goes back, well, you know, it goes from uh, the outdoors mm-hmm. to back and then to a hospital room. Sure. Yeah, and then the, just the sense of an outing and an easy time and, and uh, you yes. know, with the children, but at yes. the same time, then you as a, as a, a daughter mm-hmm. in, in a completely different context. But I can see a white room and the white Thank you. Hat, so Absolutely, and, and, and I appreciate that you 
catch all of that. I mean, that's very affirming to me. Um, also, you know, maybe my judgment isn't the best to start off a collection with killing puppies. I mean, you know, that's not the strongest, most uplifting. Um, I've had some reactions at readings I've done. Um, really? But, <laughs> I, I would say that some of the stuff I've had people read through here is that's nothing. Okay, great. <laughs> the other thing is, I, I don't know if you caught the Hemingway reference where, you know, no. um, Hills Like White Boxer Puppies and his famous short story, um, Hills Like White Elephants. No, I'm sorry, I missed that. That's okay, but in his story, I mean, that, that short story is known for being a metaphor for abortion. Uh-huh. And so I wanted to make that reference of the, the newly born or the, or the right. unborn, um, you know, just, you know, not to get political at all, but just that sense of the, the juxtaposition of um, death and life and red and white and mm-hmm. blood and children and fun and this haunting memory which did haunt me for many many years um and i you know i volunteer today at boxer rescue la as many uh-huh. sundays as i can i love that i have a boxer i love the dogs so happy memories but um my cover it actually is a white boxer puppy as well uh-huh. um, and again so not not holding a grudge against my mother who in the mid-70s you know was had no I don't think any concept of the weight of what was happening and sort of got ushered into this breeding contract, right? Mm. Um, and I think afterwards the horror of it haunted her as well. I don't know, I don't know if that's the tenor of the rest of the poems. Or how about, no. how about another one? You want to, you want to a, do another one? A contrast? I mean, there's nothing really lighthearted and fluffy yeah, and okay. spinning in the Swiss Alps singing like Sound of Music. <laughs> that doesn't really occur. No, Maybe I, I have a collection coming like that. No, but. no, I wasn't looking for that. But okay. So much as, sure, uh, sure, sure, sure. Um, let's let's. Well, since it's about womanhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, something maybe. Uh, is there one that maybe isn't about motherhood? Sure. Let's let's talk about. Um, well, you don't have. To. Let's I mean, do. Let, let's do this one that somewhat deals more with my my, my father okay. um, whom I spoke to today for the first time in a long time mm-hmm. he has Alzheimer's um, mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a difficult uh, relationship to maintain uh, sure. 3,000 miles away um, but so uh, my my parents sent me we, my brothers and I were asking for our photo albums of, of from our childhood and, and my mother sent me um, a box of all the pictures and so as I was going through them um, some thoughts were running through my head. So this one is called, uh, uh, I Hold My Father's Beer, from one of the pictures. Grainy four by four photos, like some prop deck of saloon cards, my mother has filed in a yellow Polaroid flash gun number 268 box. Meant for automatic color pack cameras, this box contains the cycle of life, film to camera, exposure to development. Now a mini tomb, it catalogs the slideshow of childhood. Pinafores and matching tights meet shiny doll babies and mini kitchens. Snapshot. I slide the snug-fitting lid from my cache, inhale the scent of 1972. Split level with two-car garage, shellacked orange linoleum, golden shag carpet. I meet variations of myself. I see more clearly the woman, my mother, who gathered these pictures, writing in skate-looped letters my name the year. It is a small alphabet to unscramble, like the life I have now, dusty, itchy. Most shots are of my legs, polyflinders, patent leathers, fractional. I am out of focus, off-center, back to the lens. In one frame, I hold my father's beer. In another, a pack of Salem lights. Most images are presents, Christmas, birthday, Easter. 
Her photo Amphalus, a grainy womb, a whitewashed tomb, it speaks her. Don't ever forget, most important of all, is not the person, not even the two-and-a-half-year-old girl, but the package. The girl is package, nothing inside but the facade, swing door, parlor, scripted game of cards. She'll be stuffed back into the boxes. I grow more comfortable in the uncertainty of being that girl, both container and contained. In the certainty of dust, I crave my father's cool, wet bottle of beer and imagine the bitter sip going down like my mother's expectations. Yeah. So again, more mother. It is kind of a little bit of the anchoring in the in the yeah. in the collection. Well, that's good. I, well, that that's pretty. I, yeah, and that, those are um, powerful images you put together. Uh, so simply, though, you know, there's the, the you, everybody's seeing, you know, mm -hmm. sepia tone, right? You know, or tinted, uh, you know, over time the, from you know the period. Yes. You know, imagining, and uh, you know. Pajamas and presents, and right? All right. That. Yeah, for sure. I mean, you can totally see that. So uh, that you know, it's powerfully put together, Thank but you. very simply. Though. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it, it's um, it, it, it's very jarring to see many pictures of your childhood where you're a little out of focus, or it's more this, <laughs> or it's more that. You yeah. know, and it, and yeah. here you are. You know, here I am at forty, whatever, trying to piece my own life together, and. Um, you know, take stock in what I'm doing as a parent or as a spouse or whatever. And so it, it to me, just spoke to me very strongly. Right. And it's interesting that you write about that because uh, it, it, it's not that it's not popular. It's there isn't a lot of that voice out there. Right. I mean, I don't think from and I'm no mm -hmm. poetry expert, mm -hmm. but from the people that would read in the store or that I have on the podcast and stuff, they're not. You know, they're, they're, or, and especially now with um, artists of color or, sure. or, or, you know, there's certain race agendas or mm -hmm. activist agendas. Mm -hmm. And um, so, I, I don't know, it's an, it's, uh, it's an interesting area to write about, I think. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, there's definitely like a negative kind of, you know, I don't know, attitude toward confessional poetry mm -hmm. in, in this time period. And, and, and that's fine. I, I wouldn't categorize my poetry in that sense. But I do think this was a first collection that I had to um, build in order to go to my to the next um, collection that I'm putting together. So well, I um, never understood that argument anyway. I mean, all poetry is confessional. Sure. So any you know any artistic expression, you you know, yeah, it, it's not going to be very good if it doesn't have a bunch of you in it. Exactly, it has to be authentic, 100 <laughs> percent authentic. Yeah, I, I mean, I I. I, I so maybe the term I would not like is it's not confessional so much as therapeutic. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I, I, I agree. And um, one of them, I was making a fire today at my house because this is freezing cold, what, 60 degrees? <laughs> um, and I was remembering that was my favorite thing to do as a child with my dad. We would build a fire. Of course, we were growing up in a cold area, but um, or I was. Uh, and that, that really is, I think, a good metaphor for my experience writing poetry. Um, especially this first collection still I'm pushing is that you know where uh, the wood that's feeding the fire is quickly turning to ash and it really depends on the oxygen to keep that flame going and then I, I feel like um, redefining and, and 
you know, my voice um, and, and feeling that my voice is important and what I have to share is important enough to write it and take the leap of publishing it is kind of walking through that fire and stealing the oxygen from the fire so that it becomes ash in a way. So I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm walking through that fire of addressing some things that are incredibly personal but also quite universal just from my experience of teaching young young women for 21 years is that you know um, we're all trying to figure out kind of where we fit in the family and, and what messages we're hearing from um, our parents and from our peers and how to make sense of all of that and walk through that fire and you know not let it rage to the point of stealing your oxygen but you steal its oxygen and you move forward a stronger person that makes sense yeah no that's beautifully put um and i was curious too like when uh i was reading uh, the uh, uh the endorsements oh okay yeah. yeah i was thinking about it and, and like wondering if that's the topic of you know womanhood or whatever mm-hmm. like and I, you said you had written them some time ago right and sure. reworked them and, or you know spent more time with them if if now if when you wrote them from now and now this the me too moment mm-hmm. and if, if while you were writing it did any of that come in and inform absolutely um i can grab a couple more from the backpack that actually that's it there's um, probably four or five that deal with um, oh. that aspect and um, you know that which is very personal to me as well um, but that also was part of the of the working through that um, you know oh, okay. the, the whole struggle of womanhood and dealing right. with um, concepts of body I mean, it's a very body central piece of work mm. more so mm. even than dealing with my mother or my being a mother but um but it really is so much about making sense of one's body um one of the poems is my daughter's first facial taking her to get you know to the spa to get a facial (laughs) you have to sit in the room with her if she's under 16 and that was a really interesting moment for me and i just use that as an entry point for exploring just this concept of um how we're bodies and how messy our bodies are and how constantly looked at, objectified, and misinterpreted our bodies can be. And so, so many of the poems do sort of come mm. back to that concept. Um, right. Yeah. Huh? Well, we could hear one if you'd like. Sure. Okay, so in uh, the name of this poem is? So this is Gunk Holing, which is a crazy a, a name, so I'll just define it for a second. Gunk Holing is what it's called when you have like a, a, a flats bed boat. You'd see it maybe in um, the bayous of Louisiana mm-hmm. and you have the pole and you're sort of navigating through these creeks, etc. That's called gunk holing. Oh. Okay. Gunk holing. This September night on my flats boat bed whose low rumbling motor I've turned off. The children and their guests slumber between the reeds. I am the guide standing aft, slowly maneuvering this hunk of aluminum through shallow tidal water, cold stiff pole in my hands. I can take it through creeks, coves, and marshes, this silent floating body like the pulse of my own flesh shut down to a slow surge just enough to stay afloat, so beautifully numb while I ascend the raised platform. Detached entirely, I can see somehow the waters ripple and part and glide, the boat jerk and yield. But if I'm not in my body, if I'm just the detached guide when he forces his hands, his mouth, why do I still feel the quick, cool breath 
of the ceiling's oars on my face, like the spray of salt water from a fisherman's cruel heave. I'm calling. Yeah. Kind of ass, bro. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so out there sexy you go, Michael. <laughs> started out sexy and then it got all gross. <laughs> Thank you. Is that in the book? That's in the book. Oh, great. Yeah. How, how many other pieces are in there? That are, uh, oh, so total poems? Um, yeah. 40? No, 30, 35 pieces? Wow, that's, that's a lot. Yeah, and, and, and there, there's a, there is some, you know, if you categorize the poems in, in the collection, I would say, you know, there's definitely a steady thread of my dealing with my mother, my, my being a mother, that sort of theme. But then also just concept of body and control of one's body and um, seeing one's body as, as beautiful and not ugly. Um, so a lot of, you know, just de- tackling the whole um, weight and shape issues that, that so many women deal with um, that I myself have dealt with. Um, and then there's also this concept of at the time of writing this, I said I was going through a traumatic personal time. My husband and I were separated we're, we're back together now but this was a really rocky time for me and so a lot about um marriage and uh-huh. the concept of marriage and how so much of who we are as as a spouse can come from some dysfunction we've had in our backgrounds sure. and so he and i had to sort of work through our respective dysfunctions um and so many of the poems deal with that as well right. yeah that so matters. so it's a, there's no this is not a shy, timid collection of poems. I mean, these poems are raw and emotional and in your face, but hopefully also artistic, yeah. and the images can no, bring... That was, that was thank gorgeous. You. Well, I, I do want to bring that. beauty to something that could potentially yeah. be ugly. Yeah. That, was, that was good. I liked it a lot. It's right. powerful that way. Um, I did... So, uh, do you... It's kind of tried to question, but I always like to know. Sure. Is... Um, you know, your sources of inspiration are the other poets that you like, oh, uh, Yes. <laughs> well, I'm sure there'd be more than one. Oh, absolutely. Mean, um, so I would say for sheer skill and t- uh, technique, would I would have to kind of go back to um, Gerard Manley Hopkins, um, The Wind Hover, um, To Christ His Ki- Our King, um, just some just technically gorgeous sound element type poems. For accessibility and um, joy, and taking taking the mundane of life and, and making it enjoyable and beautiful and meaningful, I would say Billy Collins. So he was the he's a former poet laureate, um, and I've seen him multiple times here in LA, and he never disappoints. So ultimately, I'd say he's my number one guy um, in terms of inspiration. All right, so uh, um, you're also involved in a, a project. Is that a project or it's an actual? Uh, what is it? It's like a festival, right? It's a month-long right. kind of thing? Yeah. It, it's and an annual month-long festival. In Miami. In Miami, Florida. And it's, and it's called Oh Miami. Oh, comma, Miami. Uh, yes, since you're from Ohio, I noticed yeah. that you say Miami, Florida. I have to, and I did go to Miami <laughs> University oh, in Ohio. So oh, I see. I have the t-shirt that says we were a university before Miami was part of the United States. Oh, so. uh, no kidding. <laughs> but, yeah, there's a whole history with the Miami <laughs> Indians, that's not pretty, so we'll just yeah. move on from that. <laughs> and I would suspect that's part of some of the poetry that goes on. So tell me more about Oh Miami. I looked it up, on, and it's on Oh Miami. I, we just looked it up. Right. 
Um, I'll add it in. Okay. But it's uh, it'll be in at the end of the podcast. I'll have sure. information for who I am. All right. So. Um, you're on. What are you doing for it? Or okay. tell me a little bit about the festival. So O Miami is a fantastic, amazing celebration of poetry that the city of Miami puts on. I dream about LA doing this someday. I know. When I saw it, when I went to right? the website, I'm like, well, why aren't we doing it? You and I need to, let's start it. Because okay. it's fantastic. Well, we can't call it, why is it called O Miami? I, I think because maybe a, a, an ode to Whitman, maybe, like, oh, oh, Captain, my captain. Oh, could be. It could be. Yeah. I don't know. That's my white Eurocentric, Eurocentric you know thought of it but 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 maybe um uh, so they uh have been doing this for many years and it always takes place in april which is national poetry month um and their goal is that every citizen of miami florida interacts with at least one poem during that month um and they're they're um really uh, aggressive about it in a good way. I mean, they're, they're on bu- sides of buses, they're on, um, they have poems at um, parking top, meters. Yeah, on so. top of buildings. I on saw. top of buildings. So that when you're flying into Miami. Yes. That, that was cool. Oh, it's so cool. There's um, billboards, there's a billboard. Definitely, there's readings and, um, you know, uh, zines and chapbooks being put out um, by local poets really sensational. So they were looking for projects for this year's festival um, and I submitted an idea, they liked it and we're, we're going forward with it, which has been awesome. honestly one of the highlights of my career, um, I would say, is being a part of this. I'm so honored. Um, so I, I am a former foster parent um, and I have a heart for foster children um, here in LA County. Uh, and I, and I, I witnessed firsthand with my foster son, who was 10 at the time, 10 and 11, um, he's no longer with us, but um, that he, um, he, it was hard for him to do organized sports because he was, he was, we were his eighth placement. So it was hard to get any consistency mm, in a okay. skill or sure. with a team, uh, with a community, um, and sports are expensive with a lot of gear. Um, and uh, he and my biological son are the same age, and they they looked into skateboarding. Mm, and sure. we lived at the time across from Westchester Skate Park. Awesome. So they started skateboarding. Really inexpensive, not a lot of gear, super portable. Well, it's not expensive until they break a wrist. Exactly, right, exactly. Um, and uh, I just noticed what that did for his self-esteem. And, um, you know, instead of being on the iPad, for hours and hours and hours, he was outside and yeah. meeting people, and it's just one of those. So I, I've just I've developed a love for skateboarding, and now my own son um, is pursuing it, um, you know, rapidly, uh, and I'm seeing such a growth in his self-esteem from it, and just um, you know, just a huge accepting, inclusive community with all sorts of ages and and genders and and uh, ethnicities involved so it's it's beautiful so i've always thought to myself wow you know this is poetry skateboarding to me is poetry it's not something i've ever done but i'm seeing it through my son's eyes and i saw it through my foster son's eyes so um i've been wanting to do something for foster kids uh so i thought okay oh miami how about we take miami dade county's foster kids of a certain you know a perfect age level um, boys and girls, and we introduce them to um, what I've sort of crystallized down to say the seven joys of poetry um, and get them writing some of their own poetry. And then we get sponsors who will give them skateboards and gear 
and um, let's merge poetry with skateboarding because those same seven joys of poetry are are part of po- of mm. skateboarding. Yeah, right? It's portable. Sure. It's physical. Right. It's something that stays with you. Um, it helps you grow. It helps you sort of find who you are and find your voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I could see some. You see I that? Could, I could see a, a lyric around the, the lip of the cope, the coping of, a, of around the bowl in the skate park. There you go. There's Ex- one. That's exactly my vision, and so. They liked that it was a dedicated audience of foster kids that they haven't reached, really, with mm-hmm. Oh Miami. And um, then also to weave in sort of that skateboarding element to it. So, I mean, my ultimate goal is that these kids learn to um, appreciate poetry and, and that they have a voice that they can write, but also that we then have, we're going to hire artists that will, you know, um, trick out the deck of a skateboard with sure. their own poem, or oh, a couple verses yeah. of their own poem right, and right, hopefully right. these foster kids own verses will be on buses and at the skate parks and have a reading and just get them into skating mm-hmm. but also at the same time get them into poetry. Yeah. But there's a lot of professional skaters which my son pointed me to who are former foster kids and so we're trying to I really want to get them involved because it really is a, a mentorship that needs to happen and I think Oh Miami has been really great about this they've even said like this is not a one-time thing like we want this to develop over time. Yeah. So that's the Oh Miami project. I'm excited that's to be part of. That's very cool. That's exciting. You. So sure. your Instagram is Candice.kelsey.7. Candice.kelsey and Kelsey is spelled since this is radio K E L S E Y. That is correct. That is correct. Seven. So yep. Candice is with a C. Yep. C A N D I C E. I C E. My Twitter is CandiceKelsey1, the, num- the numeral one. And then finishinglinepress.com, and if you just search Candace Kelsey. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Michael. This has been such a pleasure. Yeah, it was fun. Yeah, I love to talk poetry. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations on your book. Thank you so much. Cheers. Cheers. You've been listening to A.G. Geiger Presents, Tales from the L.A. Art Underworld. My guest tonight was the poet Candace Kelsey. You can look for her book, I Am Still Pushing, in your local bookstores and on finishinglinepress.com. Follow Candace on Instagram at candace.kelsey.7 and on Twitter at candacekelsey1. Candace is spelled with a C and her last name is K-E-L-S-E-Y. And you really should check out O Miami Poetry Festival. It's uh, it's in its ninth year now. It's um, it, it's a really um, great project over there. And I, I wish they would do something like that here in L.A. But I uh, highly encourage you to check that out. That's omiami.org. A.G. Geiger Presents is produced by me, Michael Delgado, in conjunction with the Mayfair Hotel, Music and Artist Management Company Regime 72, and A.G. Geiger Fine Art Books. Check us out at MayfairLA.com, Regime72.com, and of course, AGGeiger.com. Thanks for listening.